all Delulu besties, welcome. This is a safe space to vent, talk shit, reflect, and most importantly, keep it real. It's better to trauma dump here so that we don't explode on innocent randos. Just, Just admit, admit it, it. you're you bothered. bothered. <clears throat> Delulu besties roll call? Here. <laughs> <laughs> This is our first podcast. I'm so I'm cheers. cheers. What a fucking journey. I feel like this is like how long have we been working with Laura? Like two, three years? How long You've have you been, been with her? You've been three, I think. You started in the pandemic, right? 2020? Or is it before? Like, right before. Oh, by the way, Laura's started. our life coach. Sorry, we probably our should. Literal saint, like God's gift on earth yes, to us angel. and to everybody else who ever has to like come into contact with us. The reason that we're here and not in a psych ward, honestly. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs> she would be so proud, I think. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Laura, if you're listening, I hope you're proud of us. Literally, she's the only reason why we're here. And like, Truly. Yeah. How many years in the week? So, yeah, so you've been with her for you. Um, year and a half for me. Um, and yeah, she's completely turned both of our lives around. Yeah. I feel. Um, just set us on this journey that has literally just led us here, just yeah. sitting on this couch doing this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why we're even doing this, I feel like we both, I'll give my side of the story, but like I, we obviously both have very similar points of views, but I think everything that I've learned with Laura, just I've had such a perspective change on life and there's so many times, and this is normal. Like I feel like no matter what phase of life you're in, like, you know, you go through something embarrassing or something traumatic that maybe you don't realize is traumatic. And like, you just feel so lonely. You don't even know how to like put it into words. Mm. Like, I feel like so many times I'll talk to Laura and like, not that she could finish a sentence for me, but she kind of does. Like, I can't like necessarily say, but like, she could tell that I'm upset. Like she'll mm. help me she find. Knows. Yes. She always knows. Yeah. Um, like she'll help me find like what I'm actually feeling on the inside. And I just feel like so many of these things wouldn't be so, and like you and I are so blessed to even have access to her Mm -hmm. and have the resources to be able to like talk to somebody like her. And like, people just don't talk enough about like awkward things. Like I'm just so after all the work I've done with her, I feel like it's just like shutting off so many onion layers. And like, I realized like, the reason why I just was so lost in life, which again is like a normal phase of life. Everybody like we're not here to be perfect. No it would one be is. a boring yeah. world. Mm-hmm. But like, I, it just made me realize and open my eyes to like how sick I am of trying to check off the boxes by society and trying to be perfect and like meet up to these unrealistic standards that society, culture, religion, everybody has placed on us. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, that's why I'm here personally. Like, I just want to keep it real, like, talk about these awkward things that no one talks about and, like, normalize yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, big re- the main reason we want to do this podcast is because we know we're not the only ones that feel like this. We know other people are in the same shoes. Yes. Some of them may not even realize it yet. They may yes. just feel like something's off. They feel like they may want to make a change. They may feel like I'm doing what I feel like I should be doing, but I still feel something's off. Yes. Maybe I'm not truly happy. Um, It took me, I didn't realize that until this year, honestly, like it took that long. I'm 31 years old now. And you had already been working with her for like a year. Yeah. Like I already, yeah. uh, Almost a year. Um, Yeah. And through her and some other traumatic experiences that we'll probably get into at some point, like opened my eyes. I feel a more like a more awakened version of myself and <laughs> i want everyone to feel that way i guess the world would be the world doesn't have to be how it is now like yes with the war and wars and people and dead and people like you know just struggling just living unhappy lives it doesn't have to be like that so i agree yeah um i think yeah just the main reason we're doing this podcast is to share our experiences show where we came from um and just get people to hopefully relate to us and see you don't have to settle for you know what you thought your life had to be yeah like we just 
are now on this path of like finding our own authenticity and just mm-hmm. being honest with ourselves and okay, we can't be the only two like delusional no, people no. on this planet. Yeah. Now we need like a community to build. Yes, and which we are calling besties. the Lulu Besties. Yes, yes. we need so the Lulu Besties. Come join us on this journey. Um, we are still both on the journey. Um, yeah, I feel like Karen's, it's never ending. Yeah, Karen is farther along than me because you started sooner than I did. Um, but you have really helped me. I want to say it wouldn't, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be on this journey, but I also believe in like the universe, even if I didn't know you, it would have sent me somebody else. It would have sent me someone else, something else to get me on this path. But thank God Karen was in my path and on my journey because yeah, if it wasn't for you, wouldn't be, you know, where I am today on my journey. Um, If we, we can talk a little bit about how we met, uh, which was in college 11 years ago. Uh, old. Yeah, an insane amount of time ago. Um, you were 17, right? Oh my <laughs> god, stop! You were a child. Yes, yeah, literally. An child. Like, 17 is crazy. Can you imagine talking to a 17 year old now? Hell like, no. No, it's a baby. Um, that is wild. Yeah, so you were a freshman. I was a sophomore. So I, I think I was 19, 20, somewhere around there. Um, we met through in college. One of my best best friends who was my roommate. Wait, can I tell this story? story? I love yeah, this. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Yeah. Okay, so Danny was my ex boyfriend's fraternity brother in college. So Danny used to be straight. So he in was the like, closet. it wasn't straight. Or, yeah, in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> So he was my ex's bestie, and now he's gay, and now he's my bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Always was gay, just was in the closet. Um, yeah, when I met Karen, I was a completely different person. Um, I was... You were so shy. I remember... shy. I don't know. I'm sure we obviously had hung out before spring break, my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. But I remember you were so reserved. And I don't know, yeah. like, what possessed me. I mean, this is, like, obviously just who I am, too. Um, but I just was like, come on, get it together. Like, we're yeah. going to drink and have fun. And you and I, I don't even know where Chris was or anybody else. I just remember having, like, the time of my life with you at the beach. Spring break, I think it was, like, 2012 or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. And um, my first spring break, I, yeah, this was, I was very shy, very... I was very insecure back then. So because, you know, I was not being myself, I had come from, you know, I had traumatic experiences and as a child, I just was very closed off, very shy. And, you know, I had joined the fraternity. I never, even then I feel like I wasn't super fitting in clicking with anyone, but besides, you know, your ex-boyfriend and a couple other people, but um, still wasn't getting on my shelf. But I remember that spring break, yeah, I was like, like, come on, you're getting out of your you're shell. Out of like, I don't know what your problem and, is, but like, if you're going to be around me, you're going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Like, I don't know what happened, but um, I don't know if you remember that <laughs> I never drank that much in my life. So first of all, I didn't drink <laughs> in high school or before. Like, I didn't drink till college. That's what you get for going to spring break with a 17-year-old. God. Um, yeah, and I just remember some... I had passed out. Do you remember Yes! <laughs> yes! I can picture it clearly. You yes. were passed out, like, on a cooler. And Raining I wasn't even worried. I just, like, thought it was funny. And no, I was, was like, what a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally dancing on the cooler while I was just, like, propped up against it. And apparently, Stop. yeah, some of Okay, Laura, my... <laughs> good, would not be proud. She can <laughs> not listen to this. Yeah, fast forward. <laughs> um, what happened? Oh, yeah, what if my roommates at the time who wasn't there sent me a text the next day saying there's pictures of you <laughs> on Facebook groups, like passed out. On, on Facebook groups? Yes. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> I feel like I'm just here to like disrupt everyone's lives. That's what I'm trying to do with the podcast. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. So, like, that, so that's just like a background. Um, really going back to what I said earlier about feeling like, Karen was just meant to be on my path. Like I used to have a lot of regrets about, you know, going to college, like being in the closet, not being myself. I dated a girl for almost two years. Yeah. I joined a, the whole reason I joined the fraternity was to be someone that I wasn't and like to try to fit in, try to fit in and you know, all that stuff. And I've just, I'm a totally different person now. Like yeah. 
super confident. Um, I super accepting of myself, but back then total opposite. Um, and I used to always regret like, yo, I wish I would have just like been myself right out of, you know, from the beginning and not made all these decisions that I did. But if I didn't, I would have never met you first yeah. of all. So I would have never met Laura because Laura, you introduced me to Laura. True. So yeah, that's just been a big life. And I didn't really realize this until the past year is that there is no point in regretting decisions. Like I feel like if everyone has a decision they can regret, if they really think about it, really, really think about it, you can find something good that came out of it. Always. Yeah. I feel like everything bad leads to something better. Like I truly believe in everything is always happening for you, not to you. And mm -hmm. The grass is always greener on the other side. I didn't know this, like, because obviously I was super confident in college. And then until I started working with Laura, I didn't realize that it was fake confidence, that it was all a defense mechanism. So, like, mm -hmm. we were on the same page. Like, yeah, you were maybe a little introverted and a little shy, but, like, and I just was super out there. Yeah. But, like, internally, which is really all that matters, like, we were going through the same thing, just, like, mm -hmm. not comfortable with who we were. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you, it takes a long time to realize if you have major regrets. It takes a lot. Like it took me 30 years to realize like, oh, something good came out of that. Um, and yeah. sorry to cut you off, but yeah. thank God that we are realizing this. Like it does sound late, like, oh, fuck, we're getting into our 30s. But like it is insane to think that people go through their entire lives without ever realizing, like having these awakenings mm. that we've had. I don't understand. Like I had hit rock bottom, like whether not to like make people uncomfortable. I mean, I don't really care, honestly, if I make you uncomfortable don't or care. not, it's the truth. But like, I was so depressed that I was having suicidal thoughts. So whether mm. I actually like somehow find the thing about like depression is you don't have the courage to do anything. So like to actually follow through with committing suicide, like you have to find the courage and guts. Yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. like at the same time, you're so depleted with energy. Like it's kind of contradict. It. Yeah, yeah. No, mm -hmm. like it takes a lot of energy to even do that. So whether I actually ever was going to follow through with that or not, Wait, I literally forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> just so y'all know, this is happens scared all the time. <laughs> so just get used to it. But yeah, you're you made a good point there. <laughs> yeah, I had a point, but whatever. Um, no, I just think yeah, for anyone who has big regrets, like someone like say you regret spending five years oh, in a relationship. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I remember what I was gonna go. say. Okay, I don't understand how other people go their whole lives through like not realizing their own authenticity or truth because like whether I was going to actually follow through with suicide or not, I was like, either I'm going to die from either like killing myself or my body's just going to be depleted and it's going to mm -hmm. give out. So like, how do other people, where do they find their energy to just be fake their whole lives? Yeah. You know? True. Okay. Sorry sounds, to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, no. It just sounds rough. I mean, Oh, you know what though? I think I just answered my own question. I think the reason why I hit such a rock bottom versus like the people who just never like how they can get by their whole life without ever realizing their own truth mm -hmm. is because it's, e I think it's, e I don't want to say easy because it's hard. Like, you know, we were describing in college, like it's hard pretending to be something you're not, but not being able mm -hmm. to like really get a grasp on what's going, like why you feel off. But like at that point, it's fine to keep going. I think it's like once you start to go to therapy or whatever resources you have, like once you start to uncover your truth, it's like so much buried, 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 <laughs> whatever, um, so much buried trauma that it starts to bubble up to the surface. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know, like maybe Laura could probably answer this better, but I think what happened with me, like when I hit rock bottom and depression, like it was so many emotions it was too much for one person to handle mm -hmm. but anyway that's also kind of like what I just want people to hopefully take away from this it's like as scary as it seems to confront your truth in the moment it's a lot easier to find the courage to do that like if you feel an inch of sadness or even joy whatever feeling yeah like to just feel it in the moment without like 
judgment or like resistance because the other case is you could just let like push it down and then keep going through life but like if you ever want to get to the point where you want to heal you're gonna have to dig all that shit up Mm -hmm. and then you really will be at rock bottom like there's another way around it yeah i think almost everyone has to hit rock bottom at some point i know i definitely did that's usually like the catalyst i guess for you making changes and healing yourself like you know it's you it's hard to do um so hard usually i've learned like most people need some big wake-up call like for you you had like you said you had hit rock bottom i had hit it earlier this january of this year um and i had to like you said go back and heal years of trauma which one is the hardest thing to do like the hardest thing i've ever done but also it felt amazing afterwards yeah and but even like sometimes during i don't know if you felt like this sometimes during just crying like hours of crying oh my god literal hours you can feel like it almost you can feel like releasing from your body sometimes you can but it's the anticipation Mm -hmm. like i'm sure you felt this but it's so scary like okay i've had so many times where I'll like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, something's off. And then Laura will give me like journaling topics and then I'll journal. And then mm-hmm. it's that anticipation of knowing like something really bad is about to come up, like all these emotions. Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of scary to let yourself just oh, yeah. relax, to let them all out. It is. Yeah. But then once they're coming out, then it's like, oh, thank God. It is. Yeah. And I got to, I eventually got to the point where I was, I don't know if you ever got this, but I was looking forward to like having a not necessarily a breakdown, but I would be like, I can't wait to like, just like journal tonight and just like cry my eyes out. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's just, it hurts. Like it's painful. Yes. Um, This year was extremely hard for me. Like, I don't, I don't know how it felt for you, but like when you were going through that, it was just like, in like my actual heart was like in pain. Oh yeah. Like you could just feel it. You can it. feel it. And like, that was crazy to me because I crazy. like, that's why they call it heartbreak, but I never knew like it actually felt like that. Like it was actual Same. heartbreak. And it wasn't, you know, my rock bottom had to do with like a relationship that wouldn't work out. It was really, you know, really toxic, but it was mostly what I was crying about and healing was like from childhood trauma, which I know you had it too. Yeah. And then that's just what triggered it, the relationship. Yeah, And like, I didn't realize at, at the time I was like, why am I, you know, crying so much over this one guy? It wasn't just him. It was everything. Everything. Yeah. And you know, Laura had told me it from the beginning, like that was something I needed to do was like heal my childhood trauma, like go back and reparent myself. And I, at the time I had no idea what she meant by that. I was like, how Same. do you do that? Yeah, like, I was what, like, what that do you mean? It, it just was not registering with me. I was like, Same. that sounds like some real like next level shit. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, oh that my God, sounds we're like, next level. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, you know, I don't even know how to explain like, it. Like bizarre. Witchcraft. Yes. Like, I don't, some, but I'm telling yeah. you like once it, once you re, and I wasn't even realizing at the time, I think it took a little while for me to realize like, oh, that's what I was doing that whole time. Once you realize like that's what you're doing, you can really start to dig into it. And like the journaling has been oh my God, the biggest changing. help for me. Cause I don't know about you. I will just, I still do it to this day. Like I'm still on this journey. I'm not completely healed by any means. I don't think we'll ever like, be yeah. completely healed. But I just have to like type out, I journal on my computer. So just type out, like I'm talking to my childhood self. Like I will call yes. him like you and Danny. Like I will, you know, be talking to him. Like as like a parent kind of. I don't and know if you do that. but Yes. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I started too because Laura told me to do that. And now it's like a daily habit. And it's so easy because it's almost like, you know, how like sometimes like kids or I don't know, people like will talk to themselves in third person and you almost mm-hmm. think they're crazy. But it makes life so much easier. Like. Mm-hmm. Especially because now I can tell when I am reacting to something or I'm stressing about something. I'm like, oh, this is like 21-year-old Karen or 13-year-old yes. Karen. So it's almost like I don't have to then judge myself in the present moment because I know it's not like the current version of me. And so yeah. then it just becomes like an automatic like day-to-day habit where I'm like, okay, let's take a moment. Like the current version of myself, let's let whatever emotions like 13 year old me or however old like is Mm -hmm. wanting to bring up, let's 
give her a safe space to feel them. So that way I don't have to act on them and actually be stressed in the present yeah, moment. Like right. it's like you're able to separate yourself from it, even though it's obviously Honest, it's all yeah. me. I probably sound like a crazy no, person. You know, I mean, maybe it's everyone else, but not to me. <laughs> but, right, it's, yeah. a, it's a strange concept because, and you, I learned this from you. It's like your past, your childhood self who went through whatever trauma they did. And I'm sure most pe majority of people listening had some sort of trauma in their childhood. And then that Everyone kid, does. yeah. And that child is trying to, you know, when you are getting depression or anxiety now or having really negative thoughts, that child is trying to protect you in a way. Yes. And, but they don't know that. I don't know, it's hard to Unless they don't know the that, adult version yeah. of you is trying, like is aware of that. Then like you think then the present version of you is like taking on those emotions. Like, Mm -hmm. taking ownership of them right so like unless you've done the work to realize the trauma that you went through in childhood you're not going to be able to separate the two but yeah like you said like you carry that into your present the way that you show up like in the present day like how you felt about your ex it wasn't all him you were projecting all of your right. unhealed trauma onto him isn't it crazy now like hanging out with friends or just running errands like whenever people react now, well, A, it's nice because now I don't ever take things personally because I'm like, oh, like you popping off on me, it's not personal. Yeah, like yeah. you are fucking crazy. Not crazy, but like you have a lot of undealt shit. They're crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you either take the crazy route like we're doing where we probably sound delusional and kind of self-aware enough to realize that or yeah. like then we project our craziness onto other people i'd right. rather take this route same same okay so um i want to ask you a question um oh, God. probably no i feel like probably a lot of people listening are probably kind of just wondering what are the steps that you can take to get to a point where you know you are now Okay, I think obviously therapy is like the go-to answer, but I'm hesitant to even say that because there's been so many therapists that I've tried that like have okay. done absolutely nothing for me. And if I had to just summarize everything that I've learned through therapy, which I've done my entire life, it's just being in tune with your intuition, Jeez. which is a lot. I know it sounds really confusing at first when you hear it, but it's actually so much simpler. So being in tune with your intuition and with your emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple. It's so what your intuition does when you meditate, this will help you get in tune with your intuition because it's like the little nudges. Like obviously we all have voices going on in our head throughout the day. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like when you haven't healed all of your trauma, you don't know if it's like the six-year-old talking to you or like the current present version of you and your intuition, it's going to be the current uh, present version of you yeah. talking. Mm -hmm. So when you meditate, it quiets down all the noises and anybody could do this for free. Like just YouTube, yeah. like a uh, mindfulness meditation. Yeah. And it sounds intimidating because I didn't start meditating until this year. That it too. Sounds, it sounds confusing. I thought, again, I thought it was like some witchcraft stuff. I was <laughs> yes. Like, I was like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. Like, I, yeah, like, it was like so oh. out of this world stuff. Yeah. You literally just have to sit there literally. and just, you don't, you can do a guided meditation. That helps a lot. You could just sit there and listen to yourself breathe. Yes. And every time your, your thoughts, you will have thoughts, like you will stray, but just yeah. bring yourself back to that present moment. Just say, nope, not going to think about that right now. Come back. If it comes back three seconds later, that's fine. But yeah. that is meditating. That's literally all it is. No, every time you bring it. yourself back, like that's progress. Yes. And then you'll and eventually get to the point where, I mean, you're, I don't know if you'll ever get to the point where no thoughts at all cross your head because I think that's some just, people can. Yeah. Oh, really? But that's like way, like, we're not there uh, yet, yeah. but like you can. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is it's very normal part of just being a human being right. for like all these thoughts to come through our head. So one important thing is just don't judge it in meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you said, uh, what I do is I'll remind myself like, oh, this is just a thought. So then that helps me like come back to focusing on my breath. And I start out with three minutes. Then maybe a year later, I went up to five minutes. Now mm -hmm. I'm at 
I went to 10 now I'm at 16 and I've been meditating for four years now. Like yeah. it takes a long time. There's no competition. Like, yeah. Just do it every day. Even if it's just yes. a little bit, you don't eat if, you know, sometimes I find it hard, like to actually find time to sit down and meditate throughout the day. You could just do it driving. Like you don't have to sit there and close your eyes. You can just do it while you're doing something and not think about anything. And that's the funny thing about when people think they don't have time. Those are the people that need to do it because mm-hmm. we all have the only thing that we all have in common in this world is time. So like if somebody else can find the time, there's like, time. Yeah. yeah, there's time. You're just choosing to focus on something else, which is the whole point of it, why we need you to meditate. Yes. <laughs> like you need to meditate yeah. so you can chill the fuck out. Exactly. Because these are just thoughts going through your mind. Like, Oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. And when you meditate, they'll just go away and then you can truly be in the present moment. Yeah. And the thing is when you're in the present moment, then you there's like these things called synchronicities, which are signs like from your intuition, God source, universe, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing. But it's just like we really all are guided through life. Like life doesn't have to be so hard. No, like, we make it way harder than it needs to be. Yeah, with mm-hmm. our fucking thoughts. Right. Which you do be shut down with mm-hmm. meditation. But yeah, then that's when we can easily just follow our intuition. And then obviously a normal part of being a human being is having emotion. So like mm-hmm. The way I was raised, I just made it a habit to suppress all my emotions. Like it was so much easier to pretend to be happy or like pretend that everything's fine when it's not. Mm -hmm. So just getting in the habit of if you're sad, let the sadness out. Like we don't need to justify our emotions or judge them. Just let them be what they are. Yeah. And then that's another way of following your intuition too, Mm -hmm. because like, if you're ever doing something and you don't want to do it, your emotions will tell you that. So like, it's not listening to your intuition is not rocket science. It's as right. simple as like, do I want to it's, do this or not? If yeah, I don't, then I'll start, try something else. Yeah. For someone who doesn't meditate, they haven't done the work. They, they can't tell what they're, they can't trust their intuition. They may think their intuition is yes. something, but it's not that. So that's really what the meditating helps with. And like, I'm there now, like I will be maybe hanging out with someone new and then I'll just feel like, you just know, like, you're like, this is not aligning with yes who I want to be or for whatever what the reason, want. maybe I don't tell. know the reason, but like, I'm just going to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the same thing with the job interview recently where I was like, I had the job interview and I was like, I could just tell this is not where I want to be, what I want to do. And this is the shit that like got me on this hamster wheel of being fucked up in life to begin with, because like, I'm sure on paper, this job that you interviewed for seemed great. Like if you just, it checked all the boxes. Yes. Yes. It checked off all the boxes. Any parent would be like, yeah, take it. But for whatever the reason, something inside you said no. So you just have to trust that. I mean, yeah, check off all the boxes. Then you're going to end up being a crazy person. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's one thing. So again, going back to the question, what can you do? Steps you can take. Meditating, huge. Following your intuition, huge. Um, journaling. Then, yes. Journal every day if you can. Everyone has at least five minutes that they could just yes. get it. You can get out a few paragraphs in five minutes. And okay, I read this book called The Artist's Way. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Oh you my me. God. Yeah, I'll okay. send it to you. It's by Julia, I think, Roberts. Um, Wait, the actress? Wait. There's no age. No. <laughs> no. Wrong Julia. <laughs> Julia something. Okay, not Robert. <laughs> um, but she brings up on there to journal. And I know like people when I've like said it to friends or something like a journal and they're like, oh, that sounds great. But like, I just, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. it's kind of like meditating. Like it sounds like this bizarre concept. And in this book, she says, Well, she says to do three pages a day, which Mm -hmm. can seem intimidating to some people, whatever. But yeah, like, I think what you said is great. Start at five minutes if that's all you think you can mentally handle. And what she says in the book is if you don't have anything to say, just write out like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't have anything to say. But it's just like the art of like picking up the pen or typing whatever um, and then just starting it like eventually the words will start to just pour out of yeah, you. Yeah, it's like you're not even, you don't even have to think about it. They're just yes. coming out. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's also following your intuition. So like, it is a nice space to let out. Like, once you get in the habit of doing it, 
a lot of times I'll consciously write where like, I'll be, I just need to vent. Like I need to let this out from the day or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of times going back to like when the pen just flows and kind of takes over mm -hmm. and you're like writing unconsciously, it's crazy to go back and read. Yes. And like our, I don't know what it is within us, like our higher self, like the future version of us, but like, I have predicted my own future and I don't think about it in the moment, especially mm -hmm. when I'm writing three pages. Maybe all I'll remember that day from journaling is like where I vented about like the boy that I hate or something. Yeah. And then I'll write other shit that I just kind of forget about. But yeah, then I'll go back and, and read it and I'm like, wait. You knew the whole time. Yes. We always insane. know. Yeah. That happened to me a few weeks ago. No way. What you, happened? I, I touched you about it. I, I don't remember specifically, but I was like, I just went back and ran a, read a random journal entry that I had written about and I I think I was like questioning whether I wanted to like move out of Austin or not I think that that is what it was and I read this when I was first questioning it and I was read like I want to do this but and then I just typed this huge long paragraph that is literally everything that just kind of came true that was the reason why what? I decided not to move yeah wait weird yeah so it's like I knew because at the time I was like dead set on moving. Yeah, I remember. But that. then I was I like read, read this journal entry. It's like I was just listing out possible like cons or like possible reasons, and it was everything that I've come to learn now. So what? yeah, it's just you know weird. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry, we're gonna say no, something. no. Go ahead. Um, the other thing that just reminded me, like going back to listening to your intuition and like how there's always synchronicities or like breadcrumbs through life. Like our, our life is kind of already carved out like our path for us. And we do really know. Mm -hmm. And so it's like through journaling and through meditating and then therapy, if you want to do it or can, it's all kind of the same thing. Like it's taking off the onion layers. So then you can just see very clear. It's like when you have all these onion layers piled up, which is like the onion layers are all the, unprocessed emotions that are weighing yeah. you down or like all the boxes that you're trying to check off in society. Like since you're not listening to what you actually want to do, you're like walking through life with beer goggles on, like mm -hmm. with this jaded vision. And so when you do the work to start peeling all that off, then you're left with like very crystal clear vision yeah. glasses yeah. to see life through. Yeah. And you can get there, that through journaling. Like, yeah. I, Cause I remember when I went back and read, it was like, I was telling myself you would not be moving for the right reasons. Like I was wanting to move to be, to find happiness. Oh my and I don't even remember really writing that. I was just like, Oh wow. I said that like way back then. How if crazy. I would, yeah. yeah. So journal everyone. Like yeah, it seems intimidating at first. Like it, Laura was telling me to do it for probably like three or four months before I finally started to do it. Um, and once you did, I found, because before, I would just try to talk everything out in my head. And you, that doesn't work. No, because we have all these thoughts. This is why we meditate, too, because, like, we think we have control over our thoughts, but we don't. We could easily spiral without noticing. So unless right. meditating is like running, it's like an active muscle. It's like a sport that you have to, yeah. like, condition every day and keep up with it. That way you can start to have a little bit of control. But yeah, you have to journal. Like, there's no way you can mm -hmm. do it in your mind. Yeah. So I think those are the the two big ones: meditating and, and being journaling. in tune with your emotions. Being in tune with your emotions. But I guess journaling accomplishes that. Right. Yeah, that. you're gonna get that both of those get that out of journaling out of and each. meditating. Yeah. So yeah, that's really what. And it takes a long time. Like it does years. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, I started this at the beginning of this year. Just within the last month it kind of clicked like it was kind of like I just realized I was like wow I can finally see it paying off oh, like yay. I can see the progress and it took forever because yeah I was go I had a really rough year I remember just feeling like oh I'll never get out of this I remember feeling like every if I did have a good day then I would take like 10 steps back like the next day oh, like, always. It was just, like you just felt like you weren't getting anywhere so it takes time like yeah and a, a lot of time unfortunately like I don't remember how long it takes to form a habit. Like technically 30 days. Yeah, that's what they say. Like that might be a more easier habit. Like these are really hard habits to, to yeah. uh, like get down. Um, but just know it's going to take months. It's just something that you oh, have yeah. to stick with. 
Yeah. More than months, years. Like I know this time next year I'll be even like way way farther along than I am now. Yeah. Because I feel like Laura always has to remind me of it. Like I've been with her for what, three, over three years now. And like Mm -hmm. I'll shove and I'll be like, oh my God, I took like 10 steps backwards. Like I know you were so proud of me, but like, I don't know, we just have to talk. And, (laughs) And she... So I always say that to her and then she'll listen. And then she'll humble you real quickly. Oh, real quick. Uh But also what she always says, we're always like our harshest critic. And so she's always like, you actually, like it looks to you like you're taking 10 steps backwards, but this is actually like a hundred steps forward. You just don't realize it because she obviously like knows where it's going to like spring me ahead to. But that, and she's also always like, Karen, like you always think like, okay, that's it. I've done the work. Like I'm good to go now. Mm-hmm. Like this is the final destination and it's never ending. And that's where she humbles me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, true. Okay, yeah. yeah. She does the same thing to me every time. Like even when I don't think I'm doing that, she'll point out that I'm doing that. Yes! You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you're <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's really just, even I told you before, like when I came over today, I was like, I'm kind of had a rough few days. Like, I felt like I had taken so many steps back. Like I'm still doing it to this day. The difference was this time, like right before I came over, I actually journaled about it. I actually sat down. I was like, okay, let me like journal myself out of this bad mood. And now you're conscious of it. Yeah. So many people don't even realize that they're in a bad mood. They just walk around like crazy people and lash out on everyone. And like, they think that other people are the problem. They Mm -hmm. don't realize that they're just pissed off internally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, now I'm at the point where I can, if I feel myself slipping into anxiety or just a bad mood or sadness, I can sit down, journal, like have a conversation with myself. And I can like eventually talk my way out of it. Yeah. And everyone can do that. It's like, yes, oh, it's a very everyone. beautiful thing. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be sad or anxious or depressed for, you know, days or weeks until it just passes. Because when it does, if you do that and it does pass, it's not really passing. It's no, not at no, all. You didn't do anything to address it. Yeah, no, yeah. it has to be like an everyday practice, mm-hmm. which is hard. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit onto a lighter note. Um, I know you went on a date recently. I love, always <gasps> I love did. all your dating stories. You always have the most craziest. Yeah, they're dating messy. Stories. Stuff that could be like Netflix series or I know it's so bad. So I don't know how um, I get here. (laughs) Yeah, just uh, since our first episode, let's just uh, share something, some crazy story or something to get to know you better. (laughs) Oh God, my cringy stories. I always like hope i'm like one day i'll just like when i'm really old and boring i feel like i'm now i'm bored it's fucking halloween and this is what we're doing rather than like being oh my god i didn't (laughs) believe that like normally we not normally years ago we would have been raging like we would have been getting ready for the bars on a what what is today like a tuesday Tuesday? god yeah the energy for that (laughs) i feel like nowadays i'll just walk into a bar and i'll it, I just turned to a different person. I'm like, I, I got to get out. I'm, I don't want to talk to anyone. That was like, me this past weekend. That is what led to my bad mood that I was in before I came here. Oh, it's God. just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, can't do it anymore. Okay. That's how I kind of feel like with dating where I'm like, this is exhausting. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think like going back to parenting or inner child, sometimes I'll pull myself out and try to be like, okay, well, let's look at like where I'm at right now. Like what would like 80 year old version of me Ooh, say, okay. especially, mm-hmm. have you ever tried that? I haven't tried that one actually. Okay. You should try. I don't know if this is good or not. I don't think Laura's ever told me to do this, but she, I just thought of it one day um, where I was like judging myself. So anyway, yeah, like 80 year old me, I was like, you know what? Like she would probably think I'm like being cute or funny. So anyway, I think about that was my cringe dating stories. I'm like, maybe like 80 year old me will just be proud of me for like putting myself out yeah. there. I'm sure there's a lot to learn from this shit, but I guarantee you learned something. Oh God. I mean, yeah, I already have learned a lot, but anyway, okay. Going back to your question. So this guy, I just for a little bit of backstory, I met him at the dog park. Literally, I you feel like all I hate. of them at the dog park. Yeah, like how does this <laughs> happen? I'm not on dating apps. I'm like, I hate everyone. Your dating app is the no dog one park. talked to me. <laughs> Literally, like, or I feel like I could just be at a grocery store. I mean, no one hits on me at a grocery store. But I don't know. I feel like I just sit on the couch and like somehow people still manage to bother me. It must but... be so hard being so pretty. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. That was cringe. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, they just come to you. They flock to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this guy, in his defense, he did have a really cute dog that okay, I was in love with. Points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he asked for my number. Long story short, what I'm trying to say is he hasn't love bombed me. Oh, the guy you went on a date with this most recent. Yes. Okay, Hi. we've been on two dates. And so he got my number at the dog park. I didn't hear from him for like maybe a week, week and a half. And then he randomly called me on a Friday evening. A phone call. Yes, I literally phone a call. phone call. I was like, oh. And like his name popped up on caller ID. I didn't answer, obviously, because like little me, I was like, oh, this is scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I that's why they're like 1980s or right? something. I love it. Yeah, like fuck yeah. the dating app. Wait, I'm so over them. 32, 33, okay. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like around my age, mm-hmm. every time I tell Laura, she's like, I feel like it's like always her first comment. She's like, how old is he? And I'll say like 31, 32. She's like, oh, thank God. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I texted him and I was like, hey, sorry, I'm at the movies. Literally, I was sitting at home painting my nails (laughs) 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 i just was too scared to call him but i loved it i respected it um anyway i was like what's up he was like oh actually no i didn't even text him he i didn't answer so then he texted me and was like hey it's like so and so from the dog park like i'd love to take you out this weekend or whenever you have free time i was like okay first of all also a guy asking to go out on the weekend like i feel like nowadays i might be making this up but like kind of like cliche thing don't you feel like we're guys like what well, can't make time for you on the weekend because they're like busy partying with their friends like mm-hmm. they'll only take you out like maybe after work but then they might cancel on you because they're busy with work yes that kind is the like, thing i used to do right? that like a long time ago <laughs> Dang, <you fuck-boy. laughs> yeah. i was like no the weekends are like for me <laughs> yes yeah. which, okay i get yeah. it um but when it happens to me i'm like uh yeah i think back then i was just dying i say like oh if it's like terrible like at least it was a weekday like i didn't like waste a weekend <laughs> night <laughs> like the my, thought process what, yeah priorities okay. were not straight then, but. <laughs> um so anyway that was the only reason why i agreed to have drinks with him because i was like okay i respect all of this effort okay so we did and it was great and then he asked to come up to my apartment and i like clenched up inside and I'll get to why I clenched mm-hmm. up. But yeah, I was scared, but I also was like, okay. I mean, I guess I could say no. I don't know. I just, I said yes. I was like, let's just see what happens. Like, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. he respected my boundaries. Um, he started kissing me and like was trying to go up my shirt and I slapped his arm, like playfully, like pushed his arm out of the way mm-hmm. and he respected it. And then I didn't hear from him. Like, he did that night. He was like, oh, I want to, like, see you again the next day we set up, like, the next day to, which was yesterday, like, to Mm -hmm. meet up. And I didn't really hear from him. Like, he sent me a few pictures and videos of his dog in between. But, like, he wasn't blowing up my phone. And this is so sad. But, like, I... With him, I'm like, oh, I guess like all these guys before him have love bombed me, and it's become what, such a by normal. You mean love bomb? They're just like very like. I mean, there's different levels, but like... yeah, like always texting me. Like I don't. It's like overnight. As soon as I meet them, they're all of a sudden in my life, twenty four seven, constantly gotcha. texting mm-hmm. me and calling me and wanting to see me all the time. And like, yeah, it seems kind of nice in the moment. Like I'm getting all this attention, but like. It dies out really quickly. I, like with this guy, I just feel like I can breathe and like yeah. I can. I'm able to pull myself out of it and not be like sucked in right away. And you can just get to know him more in person as opposed to yes. over text. Yes, I understand that. And yeah. it's like the same difference between him and with every other guy that's love love on me. Like texting it's making me realize that texting does absolutely nothing it's just noise i'm not actually getting to know the person because like the level that we're at where we're hanging out in person on date two is the Mm -hmm. same level that i'll be at with a love bomber on date two right like you know we're still getting Mm -hmm. each other to getting to know each other at the same like am i making sense yeah you are yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, it's hard for me. I've always been like a big texting person. I enjoy that. Same. Uh, I thought I yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, okay. And it made me realize 
like I'm so used to getting love bombed, but it's made me realize every relationship that I've actually ended up in has started out like this. I'm not saying I'm going to be in a relationship with him, but like it, it's, it doesn't happen when I'm being love bombed. It happens like where I have space to fucking breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that went well. Yeah. That's like, okay. So that's a good story. I want to hear about something, like I said, a crazy story or like. Okay. Something... Should we talk about the money launderer? Yes. I love them. Well, I don't love him. Actually, I hate him, but I love the story. Well, like 80 year old me will probably laugh. <laughs> Maybe yes. not. But okay. Where do we begin with this guy? Uh, <laughs> also met him at the dog park. Shocker. Yeah, groundbreaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a love bomber. Shocking. Uh huh. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> you did not okay. know he was a money launderer when you met him. No. Okay. So no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need to work my way up to Vegas. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Here we go. So date one, which happened very quickly after I had given him my number. Um, which again, like no space to breathe mm-hmm. after I met him. And I just remember on the first date, he, I was like, obviously like, oh, what do you do for a living? Whatever. So when he was explaining what he did for a living, he said, which now at this point, who knows like what is true from anything he ever said, but mm-hmm. something about like, I think he, he's never had a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he comes from a trust fund supposedly just <laughs> i know it must be nice <laughs> yeah. um and he used all the trust fund money to like i think buy jewelry like he started buying jewelry here and there and then eventually he figured out that he could buy like bricks of like gold and metal and silver and then wow. sell it to jewelers so then they can make jewelry out of it or something like that which is a dangerous like market i've heard Oh, yeah. Okay. I hadn't heard. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. But yeah, that story very quickly escalated. Uh-huh. Let me remind you on a first date. Uh-huh. Um, so he ended up growing really fast. He ended up getting clients. Like first it was local. Then because he liked to travel like for fun. And then he would get clients like just from talking and being mm-hmm. social. So eventually he got to the point where he was traveling nonstop. And then he lived in this random ass place i had never heard of it before and he said like people broke into his apartment and they had guns on them and they tore out yeah the entire apartment and i think they i might be making this part up i think they might have stolen his passport um but he thinks they were looking for like the metals or the silver like to steal that and he just pretended to be asleep so luckily they never killed him but he said he was like a drug dealer pretty much like that's how risky the business was Because it's illegal okay i don't know if it's illegal but but the way he was doing it yeah it is risky and the way he was doing it ended up becoming legal because he one of the states that he was doing it in there's like a certain metal that they don't charge taxes on Mm-hmm. And so he started forging on the paperwork, like all the gold, all the silver. He would classify it as this metal. That way he wouldn't have to pay taxes on any I of see. it. And then he would like somehow convince his client. Somehow he got out of paying credit card fees. I don't know. If they, pay, I think they paid him cash. Probably. And so like there were just multiple times. So like that time where they broke into his apartment. Then there was another time where he would have to ship boxes. So he would always go to like FedEx or UPS to either ship boxes of like the actual bricks of like gold or whatever, mm-hmm. or it would be boxes of money. And he was just Ooh. circling money around because money laundering. yeah, literally he was money laundering because he wasn't like reporting taxes on any of this. So he couldn't just put it all into one bank account. And he said like every day he was just living under constant stress and anxiety. He gained so much weight because he was like, he couldn't ever just relax and breathe. So he never like could cook or like work out. Cause in order to do those things, you have to like just chill, you know, mm-hmm. like relax. But he was always like stressed out and tense. So he would just eat fast food real quick, just to like put something in his body. Um, so like one time the FBI showed up at 
FedEx. Like he oh, realized. Oh, I remember the story. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Not only like we see a money launder, he also not to talk shit on ADD because I know I have ADD and I can't ever finish a fucking thought or a sentence. But like, oh my god, this guy's ADD was so annoying. Oh, um, he said. He like very quickly dropped off all these boxes at FedEx, then ran off and like was doing his day and then realized that he never put the shipping labels on them. So he ran back and then he was like, hey, I have to them. open them or what was going to happen if they didn't have shipping labels. Yeah, I think I forgot all the details. I think they had to open them to make sure that it matched his description. And then they were like, oh, this is sketchy. Why is he shipping all of this cash? So it was they did like open millions. It. I think they did. I might be like fucking mm-hmm. the story up, but it was something like that. But like, he was like, okay, where are my boxes? And they were like, oh, hold on. We're like still looking for them in the back. And then the FBI showed up. Oh my God. Anxiety I'm getting right now. Literally. <laughs> and so he managed to talk himself out of that. Oh my God. Literal con artist. And then... Like, where do we... There's so many layers to this story. It's funny, but now I'm, like, exhausted. (laughs) Exhausted. Well, it's just, like, you were in danger being around this guy. Yeah, as if that wasn't enough of a warning. This is just when we were having drinks. This is off the first date? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes, he's explaining all this to me on the first date. And, like, I naively was like, oh, cute, this guy's opening up to me. (laughs) and to his strategic plan i'm sure this was all strategic we were having drinks right down the street from his apartment so then afterwards i was like well thanks for drinks like i'm gonna go home and he was like well do you want to like stop by my apartment real quick we can go to the rooftop and um light a fire because i knew they i I can't talk. I know they do have fire pits on the rooftop there so I was like okay uh we never made it to the rooftop I, we get to his apartment. He takes me up to like his actual apartment, not the rooftop. And I was like, okay, it's so, like, are we going to go? He opened a bottle of wine. I was like, I, we already had drinks. I don't want to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like a school night. Um, then he's like, oh, come look at my new salt lamp in my bedroom. And then he slams me down on his bed. Ugh. And okay, not to make the girlies uncomfortable, but I do feel like this is something important that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. because like, it took me years, probably like a year or two, to realize like how fucked up the situation actually was. Mm-hmm. I told him, like, I didn't mind kissing him. I felt a little bit uncomfortable, like making out on his bed. Like, I felt a little bit uncomfortable with that, but I was like, okay, whatever. Like, we can be risky, like, push the boundaries a little bit. But I told him I didn't want to go farther than that. And I kept saying, like, no, no. And he just yeah. kept taking my clothes off. And then before I know it, his little wiener is inside me and like I just froze and I didn't know what to do. And like, I don't know technically what classifies rape or date rape or not. I, yeah, I feel like it is. And like, all I ever know though is the movies where it's so dramatic, where like you only ever see like little six year old girls, like being, you know, like, handcuffed on a bed and like being beaten up and then getting yeah. raped so like i or someone just like fighting yeah like saying, fighting no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah and so because i've obviously been in relationships like i've had sex before i just like was so confused that and hookup culture like mm-hmm. i feel like we're as a society it's such a gray line right now and because women don't talk about like date rape enough like i just didn't know that that's what it was like mm-hmm. I didn't know that I could stand up for myself and like at the same time not to be graphic but like it does feel good so like even though like it felt good I also was so uncomfortable and like but I didn't like I didn't push him off I don't know I just like kept turning my head and like I don't know I just like suffered through it so sad. I know now yeah. looking back I'm like that is so sad but like and in the moment yeah you thought like I just you thought it was thought, normal. Yeah, like I came up here. Like it was my choice yes. to come up here. Yes, I yeah. kept taking all the blame. Like I took the blame for hookup culture. I was like, mm-hmm. well, this is normal. Like this is what you get for going on a date. Mm-hmm. This is what you get for coming up here. Yeah. And then like I kept talking to him afterwards. And like it's kind of what it goes back to what we were saying. Like when you're not so in tune with your emotions, like you feel Mm -hmm. like something is off. Like I kind of was like, 
I don't know, like, I'm probably not going to end up, like, being in a relationship with this guy, but, like, I don't really know. Like, I guess I got to put myself out there and date. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't really take the time to acknowledge what I had gone through. Like, I just kept taking all the blame, and I don't know, it's fucking weird, but I think it kind of clicked in my head recently because I Googled, like, what are the symptoms of date rape? And let me just read you because you obviously know me mm-hmm. all this shit that I've been trying to figure out, like why I'm dealing with it. Um, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, panic attacks, dissociation, fear, insomnia, sexual dysfunction. I haven't had sex in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction, anger, confusion, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders, migraine, numbness, shock. So like a lot I, of things. Yeah. yeah, I literally deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing myself or like saying that like he's the one to blame for all of this. But mm-hmm. I guess the point of all of this is like, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as it is in movies. Yeah. And it goes uh-huh. back even to what we were saying. Like, I think a lot of people don't go to therapy because they're like, I had a good life. Like, I have a lot to be grateful for. I don't have trauma. It doesn't have to be like big T trauma. Like, it's just childhood trauma could be as something as innocent as like the first time when you maybe lose your favorite toy and you can't it like right. flies away in the ocean. Like mm-hmm. that's the first time that you experienced shock and like heartbreak. And that's kind of like what then altered your perfect little world. And you realize that like the world isn't perfect. Like yeah. you can't get that toy back. Like yeah, I think so, a lot of times yeah. we just, uh, what's it called? Like, don't give ourselves enough credit, I guess. Right. Which I, and I was doing that for a long time. I was always kind of like, oh, my trauma feels so like silly compared to, you know, other people who may have gotten like sexually abused yeah, like, or so something. We invalidate like, ourselves. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into our childhood trauma at some point, but like, yeah. I realized like mine was really bad for a kid who didn't know anything. Yes. Like this as a kid, like you are just need to be nurtured. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Yeah. And looking back like to that night, oh my God, nurturing myself that night, like had I gone home and been like, Karen, like for whatever the reason, whether you want to classify it as date rape or not, for mm-hmm. whatever the reason, like you don't feel safe, you feel uncomfortable and it's okay. You don't have to like pretend to be strong or pretend like everything's okay. That would have gone a long way, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't know I could do that. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I've known you a long time. You've definitely gotten better, but I, I know you would always feel like you had to say yes to things like yes, going upstairs, going back to a guy's place after a date, like, even though you didn't want to, you yes. were always like, say, I didn't know like, how to say oh, no. I, I just did it. Yeah. And like, you can say no. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You still, you have the option. It's just, it's been instilled in people that. I think like, it's that's a mixture. Like, yeah. It definitely is normal. I mean, I definitely said no. I don't want to like continue to put the blame on myself like you shouldn't have gone up there because like the guy that I recently went on a date with he asked to come up to my apartment you know and I was like oh god just because of flashbacks of that but like he was very respectful like I was like do not go into my shirt and he didn't Mm. he just kissed me and that was it so like whatever yeah and it's I guess I need to say also like this is, even though you're not able to say no, it's still not your fault. Like, you should be able to go upstairs, like, go into a guy's apartment and expect to be respected and not, you yeah, know, taken advantage of. Not saying it's your, you know, anyone's yeah, fault yeah, that yeah. agrees oh, yeah. to do that. Um, it's just, yeah, just the choice. Like, when he asked you, you want to go up to your apartment, and you or immediately felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that's just where we are now. That should yeah. have been the first sign, yeah, for me mm-hmm. to be like, no, I don't want to. But yeah, I just think it's important to start talking about these things because, you know, we have a lot of amazing guy friends mm-hmm. who just think because of hookup culture, like they just think that it's okay to push the limits this far with girls and they don't realize how it's affecting. I'm not saying that our friends are rapists, they're not, but mm-hmm. like, 
I just, I want girls to know that they need to nurture themselves and to like not dismiss their uncomfortability. Like they're validated in those feelings. And then I just want straight guys to know, or even gay guys too. Like it's just our entire society at this Mm -hmm. point. Like just be a little more aware and considerate of like how you're making other people feel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy stuff to talk about, but again, like you said, I think that's, it's important. important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have for you guys. If y'all are going out, have an amazing Halloween. Be fun for us. We are proud parents cheering you on from (laughs) our couches (laughs) and come back for bestie time next week. Can't wait.